to Southern Sisters Radio, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Join us as we celebrate life from a Southern point of view. Here's your host, author, founder of Southern Sisters Home, and true Southern sister, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Southern Sisters Radio program. Ah, Christmas is over, Nick. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's a bittersweet thing. I guess it is. It's a bittersweet yeah. thing, I feel. And I don't mean to sound, you know, sort of uh, bah humbug about that, but I've, I've had about all the Christmas I can take. <laughs> Ain't that true? <laughs> I mean, you know, and listen, for those of you that have had family members in town, right, and you kind of feel a little bit like your home has been invaded <laughs> by aliens. <laughs> You're going through and realizing yeah. that all this stuff is not where it's supposed to be. It's not. <laughs> and let's just say not everybody has the same standard of organization as I do. Very true. And I'm not perfect. I'm not. But it's just a little bit. I've had kids and I've had dogs at my house <laughs> because a couple of my children are old enough now to have their own dogs. Oh, and so they brought them for puppy play dates. Yes. Yes. And this, mm. this did uh, sort of, since I do not have any actual grandchildren yet, <laughs> yet, because I'm way too young for that, of course. Of course you are. Um, but I do have some grand dogs. And that did sort of open up the whole conversation about what I should be called. Oh, like that's when, always a that's it, always a big point of contention. Is are you going to be just grandma, yeah, or that, is it something much more creative than that? I, I got to tell you, Nick, I don't see myself as a grandma. No, I don't see you. I, as I don't ever see myself as a granny. Nope. No, not granny. Nope. Not a me ma. I'm. I don't think I'm any of the M words. Me, 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 ma, none of those. Mm-hmm. But of course, my formal first name is Virginia. So I told the kids, I said, I think I'm kind of okay with like a Gigi. That's kind of cute. There you go. You know what That's I'm saying? That's a good one. Yeah. Yes. And so we were trying to figure out how to, um, you know, uh, Address you towards address, the granddaughters. Right, exactly. Or take a, take a play on the, the name Virginia. Yeah. You know, what my one daughter said, how about Virgil? I'm like, that sounds like a man. What? I know. That, just, that doesn't sound like a female at all. But yes, guys, like a lot of you, you may have had kids and dogs invading your home uh, over the Christmas holidays. I've had about all the uh, cakes and cookies and candy. Oh, my. So much pie. I know. <laughs> you know, you get to the point where you're like, oh man, fudge again. All right. <laughs> and that's all bad right. because we wait for it all year. We're so excited and right. then you tear in and you realize <laughs> you bought three too many pies. Oh. You've got so much extra leftover. Oh my goodness. Well, and you can kind of see, at least I know with me, um, you can kind of see the evolution of the eating process throughout the holidays. <laughs> I start out in my blue jeans, right? Yeah. Early on. Okay. <laughs> A couple of days before Christmas, I'm in my blue jeans, right? I've got my, uh, Whatever, you know, skinny jeans on. And then uh, by about two days after Christmas, it's, you know, my daughter said to me yesterday, are you wearing your yoga pants again today? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's that's why I, I... A lot of my dress pants that I wear yeah. are for the, those men adjustable waist pants. I know. Well, because I don't want to have to buy different pants for Thanksgiving, Christmas time versus the rest of the year. I know. Hey. Oh, <laughs> Nick, we just can't help ourselves. There's so much good food around the holidays. And I, so I have definitely got my, my eye on the new year. Oh, and yes. we're going to go back to the, uh, you know, cutting some of the sugar and all of that mm-hmm. stuff that's not good for us. It's just so fun to cook and bake and eat, it though, is. isn't it? It is. I just love it. But yes, uh, for those of you that have family members around the house, are they still there? Have they Why? have I'm they scared. gone home yet? <laughs> tell them tell them to go home. It's time. It's time to go home. Time has come. <laughs> Give me peace. <laughs> no, it was sad to see a few of them. Now, for those of you that have college students like I do, it's going to be a little while before they because school doesn't start quite back yet. And you know they're not coming back on a no. spring break. No, they have better no, things no. to do. You won't see them until summer. So. <laughs> I have offered. I have said, you know, you can come hang out with mom well, for spring course. break. You, and they, sh- you always have the offer out mm-hmm. there. Just 
They look Very at, rarely will it ever be taken no, up on. <laughs> they look at me like I have two heads. They're like, we are not coming home to hang out with you, Mom. <laughs> I said, what? I'm cool. Come on. I watch, you know. <laughs> we watch. Mom's house or beach. Yeah. Or no. Mom's house or beach. <laughs> Mom, you can meet uh, me at the beach. Uh, <laughs> and I know exactly what I would have done when I was their age. And it wasn't hanging out with my mom. Well, hey, folks. It is Christmas is over. And New Year's mm, is upon us. Yes, so is. today is New Year's Eve day, actually, as we listen to this. Mm. Uh, for those of you that hear our show on Sundays, it is New Year's Day. It's 2017 already, folks. Right, so happy to, happy 2017. Whew. It's going to be a good year. I, I think so. After I, the I, turmoil I, of 2016, we got nowhere to go but up. It's been chaos. <laughs> it's been chaos. But I, I, I don't know. I have a good feeling about it. I really do. I, yeah. I think that uh, for those of us that maybe have had a rough year, and a lot of us have, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we, we've all, many of us have lost someone. I lost my mother in May of last year and, and or of this you know 2016 and it's uh you know it's it's I think it's uh there's something just sort of nice about this break this this the beginning of the new year it's just sort of a freshness you feel like okay here's a new chance yeah it's that clean slate clean starting slate. into the next year right. absolutely and I don't know if you guys uh, have some bad habits that you you'd like to break several I, I will say. I got lots of bad habits. <laughs> I'm just full of bad habits. I'm full of bad habits. My, my daughter was saying to me that this week, she said, you have got the strangest iTunes playlist I've ever heard in my life. Uh, so I'm going to try to it, it streamline my iTunes. That's okay. a small, that's a small little New Year's resolution because it is a little crazy. Are you doing that for you? Or are you doing that for her? <laughs> well, they think I'm crazy when they listen to it. I've got my, when I shuffle my playlist, folks, it goes from, it goes from Chopin uh, to Led Zeppelin, to Miles Davis, to, I have to tell you, when we were doing our Halloween shows back in, in October, yes. um, I downloaded a bunch of a really awesome uh, Halloween sound effects, mm, yes. right? So I, I downloaded this album called, like, you know, for the 40 best Halloween sound effects. So one of the sound effects is, like, rattling chains, okay? And then it's, like, another one is, like, just a, a horrible blood-curdling scream, Are these right? just spontaneously in your iTunes playlist? They're spontaneously <laughs> in my... So, you know, so you'll fade out John Mayer, okay? And then in Fades like <laughs> you screaming and yelling, and then it's gone as quick as it came. You know, and, and I've gotten kind of used to it. Like I'll be listening to my music, and all of a sudden there'll be like you know scary footsteps coming up the stairs for like ten seconds, and then it rolls right on into some Tchaikovsky, right? And so I, I'm used to it, but my kids are not, so they're in the car with me, and they're they just every now and then like. What the heck was that? What is this? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Mom, That's you a, just don't know how to use iTunes. But see, you know? I think you need to save that playlist for the summertime when you can roll around with all the windows down. Yeah. Freak some people freak out waiting at the bus people. stop while you're at the red light or something, right? Yeah, it's, it's insane. <laughs> I know, it's insane. That's well, great. folks, how about, how about some New Year's resolutions? You know, what do you think about that? I, I got to the point at when well, there was one point in my life when I just didn't bother to make them because I tended to... Um, you know, tended to break them. Oh, <laughs> so yes. I mean, why set myself up for disappointment? Well, you just gotta give yourself realistic ones and not too many. Right. Well, and we're gonna actually, I wanna talk about that for just a moment because there are some tips. Now, I don't know if you guys know what the top 10 resolutions of last year were. And if you're probably wondering, who did this poll? Well, somebody did. And number one was lose weight. I think that's on everybody's right? list a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. But followed up by get organized. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. Uh, I need to organize my iTunes playlist. Uh, number three is spend less and save more. Yes. So finance related mm-hmm. right there. Uh, another one is in, was enjoy life to the fullest. Well, that's kind of like, that's more like that's a, a mantra. A mindset. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Stay fit or get fit. Okay. Mm-hmm. And stay healthy. Right. Learn something new. Now, I like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like take a new language or something like that. I know. Absolutely. I want to learn how to play the cello. 
you know? That's fun. I'd like to learn archery. That's cool. To me, ever since I saw Winona Ryder in The Age of Innocence mm-hmm. uh, doing target practice with her, her bow and arrow, I just thought it was so cool and sophisticated. You know, one of my neighbors does archery. Yeah? She's about five foot one, 100 pounds soaking wet, mm. and she can hit a bullseye on a target from 150 really? yards away. It's incredible. That makes her incredibly cool and oh, yeah. tough, don't you think? Ter- Even if you're tiny, scary. you can do this, right? And scary. Yeah, you I don't, don't want to mess get with shot her. shot by an arrow. Hey, Katniss, <laughs> Katniss from Hunger Games does yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. And she's extremely cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven is uh, quit smoking. Yep. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. many people need to do that. Uh, How about, uh, this was a weird one, I thought, help others achieve their dreams. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't say it's it's odd, but it's... It's different, right? for sure. And I think that's a good one to have. Absolutely. It's a selfless. We should all try and and kind of pull people up the ladder as we go. I agree. Yeah, another one was fall in love, although you can't always predict when when and where that's going to happen, folks. (laughs) Right? And the last one was spend more time. With your family. I love that one. Absolutely. But you know what, guys? Some tips for kind of making those resolutions and actually keeping them is maybe make only one resolution. Mm -hmm. Don't make too many, right? Don't wait until New Year's Eve to set your goal. No. If you just do it at the last minute, it's your heart may not be in it, right? Exactly. Yeah. And um, let's see here. Don't base your goals on what everybody else is doing. I, I do tend to do exactly. that. Exactly. Right. And you know, one thing I will say has always worked for me when I'm making any change in my life is um, is to kind of break it up into manageable steps. Absolutely. Right? So if you're trying to lose weight, maybe let's just start by cutting out some of the sugar and then follow up that with maybe cutting down on portions. Follow that up with more exercise. Mm-hmm. If you try to do it all at once, you might shock your system. Absolutely. You don't want to do that. A chance. No. I'm going to go home and have some more candy and cookies and think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, we've got a great show for you today, and we'll be right back. Turn off the telly, Nelly. Come to the table, Mabel. Now sit up straight, Kate. It's time to eat, Pete. Have a banana, Hannah. Try the salami, Tommy. Get with the gravy, Davy. Everybody eats when they come to my house. And welcome back to the Southern Sisters radio program. Dancing here to John Lithgow. Love him. Oh, yes. You know, I caught, a, uh, I caught a really good series on Netflix. Uh, was it on Netflix I watched it? It's called The Crown. Has anybody out there seen The Crown? I have not. Uh, it's sort of hmm. the, the English monarchy history, starting about oh. the time, uh, right about the time that Elizabeth got the throne, the current okay. queen got the throne. But John Lithgow plays uh, Winston Churchill. Ooh. He's amazing. That's oh, he's awesome. great. I've always loved him. Oh, yeah. Loved Absolutely. Him. He's awesome. And he likes to eat. Oh, yes, he, he does. does. Hence his song. Hey, guys, <laughs> we are talking New Year's Day. It's New Year's Day. Yes, it is. Or depending on when you're listening, it's either New Year's Eve or it's New Year's Day. And it's never too late to get started on some good eating. I'm telling the you. The first of January. Here in the South, most of the holidays are about good eating, oh, aren't yeah. they? And we have some traditional New, uh, New Year's, right? New Year's Day oh, dishes yeah. that we like here. And uh, during the break, of course, Nick was reminding <laughs> me the meaning of, of the traditional dishes for New Year's Day in the South, which are collard greens and black-eyed peas. Mm-hmm. So so the black-eyed peas are for luck. Right. And the collard greens are for wealth. How about that? Eat those greens. So, guys, Get if, some green. if last year, 
right? You were unlucky and poor. It's because you did not eat your green, you did not eat your black eyed peas and collard greens. If you want things to change this year, okay, you got to whip yourself up some black eyed peas and collard greens mm-hmm. for New Year's. So this is what we're talking about today. And you know, I always say every good meal. <laughs> I always say every time every good meal starts with a good cocktail. Of course. <laughs> so I do think that we need to kind of showcase a little cocktail to go along with our New Year's Day Absolutely. menu. Now our New Year's Day menu is going to be our version, our twist on. Uh, Black Eyed Peas, which is Hoppin' John, which is a fantastic sort of a soul food. One Mm. of my favorites has rice and black eyed peas and a number of yummy things. We're going to talk about that. We're going to do some great Southern style style collard greens and my world famous white cheddar cornbread. Oh, my gosh. We're going to top that off. And uh, but we're going to start with a great cocktail. And I have to give complete credit for this cocktail to my husband. Really? Yeah, Earl. Oh, his name is Earl. He's so adorable, and he is that can the name cook. Of the drink? Yeah, no. My name is Earl. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's my Earl, and he is a great. He's a great cook. He helps me in the kitchen quite a bit, and he tolerates my insanity because I do refer to myself as the accidental cook. I'm a dangerous cook. I tend to drop things, break things, and I make a great big fat mess when I cook in the but kitchen. That just means you had a good time doing uh, yeah. it, Jenny. No, no. Well, the ongoing joke is if you cook with Jenny in the kitchen, you got to wear your steel-toed shoes because I will. He'll drop a knife on your foot <laughs> at some point. But what he did for me, and he made me so happy over the holidays, he whipped up. His idea was he wanted to prepare some mulled cider. But mm-hmm. I have given this particular recipe its own name. I'm calling it Earl's Caramel Kraken. Caramel Kraken. And I'll tell you why. Ooh. It was amazing. I will say he prepared me um, two mugs full of his uh, wonderful mold cider, and I downed two cups inside of, I'd say, maybe 25 minutes. Oh, I did not realize quite how much he had spiked these Ooh, drinks. Strong. It was a little strong. <laughs> I was a little wobbly in the knees when I stood up, but it was so, so wonderful. So let me tell you how he did it. And you guys can always tweak some of these proportions depending on whether you like it strong, right? Or whether mm-hmm. you like it a little on the lighter side. He did about a half gallon of apple cider and he put it in my big copper uh, pot on the stove mm. to simmer. Okay, so you want to put it if you're uh, you put it in a good size saucepan or a Dutch oven, something big where you can yeah. kind of warm it up. You could do this in the in the uh, Dutch oven and let it simmer oh, all day. Yeah. Did I say Dutch oven? Yeah, Dutch uh, oven. I said I meant right? to say crock pot. I was about to say Dutch oven. No, okay, that, that made no sense. But Whatever. thank you for agreeing, even though it made no I sense. Mean, but, but that's what popped into my head when you said that too. Yeah, so we were thinking pot. the same thing. You could do yeah. it. In, you could do it there. He did a half gallon of apple cider and he added. Uh, I'd say about a tablespoon of allspice, you know, the little round, mm-hmm. right, right, little allspice, and uh, maybe a half a handful of cloves and some cinnamon sticks. Now, he always says if you're impatient, just go ahead and use ground cinnamon. It incorporates the flavor yeah. quicker. But if you're going to let it simmer for a while, I'd put in maybe three or four or five uh, cinnamon cloves. Mm-hmm. And then some sliced oranges. Mm-hmm. This really adds to it. And some sliced lemons. Maybe, maybe like one that's... orange and one lemon sliced okay. up and just kind of float them. So you got all this yummy stuff floating in your apple mm-hmm. cider, right? You're bringing it to a simmer. You're going to add, brace yourself for this. Okay. Are you ready? A half a cup of maple syrup. Oh. Yes. Really? It imparts this wonderful flavor. You can use a little more, a little less, depending on your flavors. Now, let's get to the hard stuff, okay? He, he purchased a bottle of caramel vodka. Oh. oh, yes, folks. There is such a thing. That's a thing. And it will make your life happy. <laughs> when you open the bottle, it seriously, the aroma of like homemade caramel. Oh. It is amazing. Wow. He used one half of a 750 milliliter bottle. Half in the it. bottle? 
half the bottle. Okay. He did. Yes. But, right. I mean, for the proportions, it's, that's actually, <laughs> remember, we're making it in a big yeah, very pot true, here. Very true. And then spiced rum is mm. what he used. Now, the variety that he used was called, it was by Kraken. Oh. And it literally has a picture on the front label of the Kraken. Of the Kraken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very scary. So I said to him, I said, so what exactly is a Kraken? Now, I've seen Pirates of the Caribbean, so I <laughs> kind of know. But um, he says, well, it's basically a big, you know, basically an octopus. Yeah, I said, yeah, monster. but an octopus the size that could take down a ship is what yeah. it is in the movies, right? Yeah. And it's got a really cool, scary. So anyway, we, he did a half a bottle of that, too. Wow. Okay, so it was a half of a 750 milliliter bottle of spiced rum. And, and just so you know, mm-hmm. Kraken is uh, stronger than most of your run-of-the-mill spiced rums. How would you know that? Well, just, you know, <laughs> I find myself in, in a package store from time to time. <laughs> well, I will tell you, there really was nothing overly strong about this mold cider. He, he prepared, he poured it up for me in a glass. Now, to make it fun, guys, he put a little caramel square, you know, like the little oh, craft ones? yes. And he stuck it on the rim of the coffee That's mug. That's awesome. Okay, so the coffee mug is warm. So as you're drinking this amazing... Uh, you know, mulled cider, or as we call it, Earl's Caramel Kraken, um, the little chocolate, the little uh, caramel square starts to kind of melt and droop oh, down. And then you eat that at the end. Oh, my awesome. word, it was delicious. This sounds outstanding. That's how we're starting off our New Year's Day. Um, I'm down. <laughs> you got it? <laughs> now, how about some Hoppin' John? This is this is what we are doing for Black Eyed Peas mm-hmm. this year, which is a wonderful soul food recipe, guys. It is amazing. Um, in a large saucepan or Dutch oven, you're going to heat about three tablespoons of oil over medium heat. You're going to add one chopped onion and four chopped scallions, right? You're going to cook those, stirring them occasionally until the onion is translucent. It's going to take you about five minutes. You're going to then add a half a pound of collard greens, all right, two teaspoons of salt, a half a teaspoon of black pepper, and a fourth of a teaspoon of cayenne. Now, now Jenny here might put about a half a teaspoon of cayenne. (laughs) I like it a little hot. Uh, And you're going to cook all of that, stirring it until the greens wilt about one minute. You're going to increase the heat to medium high and add a half a pound of sausage. Now, you can use smoked sausage, Mm -hmm. kielbasa, you know, something like that. You can use ground sausage if you want. Um, and you're going to add add that to the pan, right? You're going to add a one 10-ounce package of black-eyed peas, right? Because we want to be lucky. Oh, yeah. And a, one and a half cups of long-grain rice. Mm-hmm. You're going to stir, cooking it uh, and stirring for about 30 seconds. And then you're going to add three cups of chicken broth, right? Mm-hmm. Bring it to simmer. Reduce the heat to low and cook it covered until the rice is tender and all the liquid is absorbed about 20 minutes. Ooh, Hello. That sounds outstanding. And if you want to shake wow. a little hot sauce on it as you serve it, you can go right ahead. Perfect. It's delish. Mm. Now, how about to round it? We got the, we got the luck side going, oh, right? Yeah. Now we need some wealth. We right? got to. Bring got it on. <laughs> Bring it on, money bags. We want, <laughs> we're going to have some southern style collard greens. Now, what you're going to do here for this is you want a nice size uh, you know, pot, pan, right? Mm-hmm. Saucepan that you're going to cook in. You're going to cook 12 slices of bacon um, in about a 10-quart stock pot, right? Over medium heat until it's almost crisp. Crisp. Got that? Ooh. You're going to add two medium chopped onions and you're going to uh, saute that for about eight minutes. You're then going to add three quarters of a pound of smoked ham. Mm. Got to have your ham in mm. there, right? And get this about six bulbs of garlic. Wow. The garlic is going to impart. Now, if it's too much for you, you can cut back. I, this is not too much I for love me. Garlic. It's great. Just chop up six cloves, add that, and you're going to saute it all for about one minute. Then you're going to stir in three containers, the 30, uh, um, let's see here, it's like the 32 ounce size containers of chicken broth, Uh right? Three of those are going to go into your pot. Mm -hmm. You're going to slow cook it, right? For about two hours, right? It's going to soften up. You're going to have that wonderful smell. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you. 
I, I often serve a ham with this. And mm-hmm. folks, you can do that. You can serve ham. Um, although it's such a substantial meal, sometimes I don't even need the ham. <laughs> I'll do a big, big heaping serving of the collard greens, right, in a bowl. Mm-hmm. So you've got all that wonderful pot liquor around it, which we know is the broth that goes around, you know, that's yeah. in the collard greens. That with some hop and john and a big old nice thick slice of southern cornbread. Mm. And mm-hmm. and and if you've already had your uh, you've already had your Earl's caramel kraken, if you had a mug of that, you're, you're, you're going to enjoy it even ready more. And it's set. just fabulous mm-hmm. because the diet doesn't start until the next day. No, the no, second of, of January, <laughs> guys. I have all of these recipe as well as my recipe for my famous white cheddar cornbread will be on the website. Rate, uh, all you have to do is go to southernsistershome.com, click on the blog. Yes. All the recipes are there. L- email me. Tell me about your New Year's Day traditions. Email me at radio at southernsistershome.com. We love to hear from you. And we'll be right back. Everybody eats when they come to my house. Try a tomato plato. Here's cacciatore dory. Taste the bologna tony. Everybody eats when they come to my house. I fix your favorite dishes. Southern Sisters radio program. I do love that song. Oh, such a good song. <laughs> and you, uh, if you're within the sound of my voice, chances are you know an American woman. I know oh, you do. Yes. <laughs> you either are one or you love one. Mm-hmm. That's what I have to say. And if you know an American Southern woman, well, all the better. You're even better off. Mm. We're going to talk in this segment a little bit about things that every woman should basically have by the time she's 50. And guys, do not tune out to this because you know what? You're involved in a lot of these things. <laughs> we have to help, gentlemen. You can, you can, not that we need your help, but you can add no. something to the mix, shall well, we say. Yeah. You know what I mean? So well, these are just things you should have if you don't have them yet. That's okay. <laughs> if you've got a birthday coming up and you're going to be 50, you need to get moving. <laughs> Hurry up, chop, 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 chop. <laughs> if, you're, if you're like me and maybe just a little bit past 50, well then, let's just say things every woman should do by the time they're 52. Okay? <laughs> you know, it's never too late. It's never, never too, too late. late. And this is so interesting to me because it is so very true and it just reflects so much on kind of what life is like for a lot of women and mm. the things we've accomplished over the course of many years. A lot of these have to do with um, the ups and the downs that we may experience. Yeah. And the, the downs are not bad because oftentimes we learn from those, right? So by this time, guys, as we're approaching 50, we should have, number one, an old boyfriend who makes you smile with melancholy when you remember him and an old boyfriend who makes you proud of how far you've come. (laughs) (laughs) I got both. You get chances are, guys, you've come a long way, baby. <laughs> if you think back far enough, you know. Is, is that that concept of the one that got away and the one you got away from? Yeah, yeah right? exactly. Yep. Right. It's both of those things. How about this one? Uh, by the time you're 50, it's good to have a piece of furniture that has never been previously owned by anyone in your family that you bought with your own money and that makes you happy. Nothing beats that new couch smell, right? <laughs> I, I think for you, isn't it a leg lamp? Is it that what she's got? <laughs> Is it that leg lamp? That does not count. That does not count. (laughs) (laughs) And number three, how about this, ladies? An outfit that makes you feel invincible if your future employer or man of your dreams calls to meet you in an hour. 
right? Do you have one of those? Oh, yeah. I got a couple. Yeah. It's the old standby. You know what I'm saying? You know that no matter how you're feeling, how you, yeah, you ate a little bit too much over the holidays, but you know that's the one outfit uh. you can slip on and feel good about yourself. Number four, a set of lingerie that you would not be ashamed to be seen wearing. Now, yeah, please let me qualify that by saying in private, ladies. We're not talking about wearing it to Publix. <laughs> don't go to the mailbox. <laughs> okay. Don't do that. No, no, don't do it. No, no. The neighborhood will talk. <laughs> you don't be that woman, please. How about this one? Number five, at least one scar on your heart where he hurt you. Now, we've all got that. I'm sure. We've all been hurt, and we sure. all have that, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's an inevitable part we of life. We put you ladies through the ringer, don't we? Yeah, you guys do. Shame <laughs> on you. Why are you here? <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Because <laughs> I love you and need you, and you make this show so wonderful, Nick. How about this? Um, a past juicy enough that you're looking forward to retelling it in your old age. Gotta have those good stories to tell, yeah. right? Now, yeah. don't become that old person that starts telling too much. <laughs> We all know who that older yes, relative is. We do. We, did, we didn't need that much detail, okay? <laughs> so use a little restraint. <laughs> and how about this? The realization, by the time you're 50, guys, you should have the realization that you are actually going to have an old age and have some money set aside to help fund it, mm-hmm. okay? We need to always be thinking about our future, yes. right? The days when we are not bringing it in, so yep. to speak, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. How about this? Uh, number eight, something a woman should have, at least by the time she's 50, or quite frankly, much sooner than this, in my opinion, an email address, a voicemail box, and a bank account, all of which nobody has access to but you. Yeah. Now, that is not for any negative reason, right? That is not for any uh, pessimistic reason. No. But um, for a lot of women these days that walk through very difficult things and very mm-hmm. difficult circumstances, to have that little bit of autonomy Something to rely on. Um, I, I think that's a, a good safeguard. Got to have some of for that your own. You for just you. I get Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Number nine. By the time you're fifty, how about this? A dream so big it scares you. Now those are the best kind. Yeah. You know because so much of the things that we accomplish in life that we are most proud of are things that we were probably a little bit scared. Mm-hmm. You know we were maybe nervous of failure. It was something we hadn't done before. It makes a big difference. You get those right? you get those butterflies in your tummy. Yes. That's a good thing. Right, right. That's a good thing. Case in point, scared to death of being on the radio at one time I was. <laughs> and now it's right? second nature now for you. Now this microphone is just my best friend. <laughs> I'll have to cozy up to this microphone. How about this? At least one friend, guys. It'd be good to have by the time you're 50, at least one friend who always makes you laugh. And then maybe one who lets you cry. Mm-hmm. Okay, girlfriends, we need that, right? How about this? You guys, you ladies, you need to have a set of screwdrivers, a cordless drill, and a pair of totally impractical shoes. Let me tell you something. There is nothing sexier than a handy woman. A, a handy, especially in, in unpractical shoes. Oh, yeah. But, when I, but, but seriously, no. If I come through the, if I come through the door and, right? you're, and you're fixing that, that cabinet drawer right. that you've been bugging me for the last four months to fix yeah. it, I'll get to it, and yeah. you're just doing it on your own, it's like, all right. Yes. All right, now I know i got to step it up because she can do it Ladies, too. get yourself a toolbox if you don't have one. Get one that's yours. Yes. Not one that you have to go hunting and pack it in no. your husband's toolbox for. I have a pink one. There you go. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a fabulous toolbox. It's pink and it's very attractive and even the tools are pink. But keeps I can use every one of them. a little bit, right? It does. Well, it keeps him on his toes. It does. <laughs> How about this number 12, something to have by the time you're 50? is something ridiculously expensive that you bought for yourself just because you deserve it. Mm-hmm. Have you got that thing, ladies? Gentlemen? Do you? you? This Jenny? is not something you can... I, I do. Can I ask? I do. Let's see. I've got a couple of things, actually. 
Okay, it's I have best. I have a handbag that I bought from uh, that, uh, an expensive handbag that I did not buy from the outlet store. Oh, okay. <laughs> I went there into the go. real store. Ah, you know what I'm saying? That go. kind of thing. Oh yeah. It comes in the oh, special yeah. box, not the bag. Oh, and there it's you not go. last year's model. You get the picture. <laughs> <laughs> How about this? You should have by the time you are 50, folks, the belief that you are worthy of treating yourself with respect. That would seem obvious. Oh yes. But um, there are times I think in every woman's life when maybe she's doing something that. Maybe not treating herself with the most, not the respect that she deserves. Right? Ladies get so caught up in, in worrying about all the, mm. the babies and the husband and the family, and you need to take some time for you. Right. Take care of mama. Yeah. yeah. And then everything. To. Yeah. Got Another to. thing we should have by the time we're 50, and in my opinion, by the time we're 30, <laughs> a skincare regimen, okay? An exercise routine, a push up bra, and a great pair of Spanx. <laughs> These are female essentials. They are indeed. And listen, ladies, that skincare regimen, start that in your 20s, right? <laughs> you will thank your, right? Your, let me just put it this way. 55-year-old you will thank 25-year-old you, right? Taking care of your skin. If you have not gone to bed without taking off your makeup and if you have taken care of your skin. There you go. Just do it. Just do it. How about this, guys? By the time you're 50, you should have at least one recipe that you cook so well that you impress even the fussiest, fussiest of guests. There you go. All right? Your standby, oh, yeah. Like your standby outfit, your standby recipe. Mm-hmm. And these can rotate through the years, right? This year's... You, know, you may develop, you know, I've got lots of recipes that I oh, feel yeah. that I can sort of depend on. Knock right? them out of the ballpark I can, every time. Yeah, there you know, you I've made them so many times. How about this, guys? This is definitely something you need by the time you're 50. A place to go just to think where you can be completely alone with your thoughts. Okay. It might be your bathtub, mm-hmm. you know. I, I enjoy being in my car. Despite the, 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 the traffic, I enjoy being in my car with my crazy iTunes it's playlist. It's yours. We've talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> Occasional oh, yes, scream indeed. or chain <laughs> dragging. I know, right? Hey, by the time we're 50, how about this? We should have at least one child who looks to us for guidance and advice, even if he or she isn't your own. Mm. So whether you have children or not, the ability to be a mentor, you know what I'm saying? To be that person that some child in your life feels comfortable coming to and talking to, that's an amazing thing. And trust me, as a, as a, as a young man who has a Southern woman I look up to, we need you. Please I do it. Right? It's good for it's good for us, and it's good for yes. you. I will I and will mentor you. you, Nick. I will I will be your Obi Wan. <laughs> Obi Wan. I will be your Mister Miyagi. <laughs> wipe on, wipe off. Remember that? Yes. How about this? You should have by the time you are fifty the knowledge of how to break up with a man or confront a friend without losing your temper or self respect. Do it with grace. Yeah. Right? Nothing wrong. Do it if you need to. Oh, no yeah, question, absolutely. right? Sometimes but do do it with grace. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Number two is a little, tw- number 20 is a little, little racy, but appropriately so. Okay. I, I think it's an appropriate raciness. You should have, by the time you're 50, the memory of a kiss so powerful that just the thought of it could sustain you into your old age. Uh-huh. Okay, now let me say that. If you haven't had one of those yet, it's not too late. <laughs> Are you looking at your husband across the breakfast room table? Do you really have that kiss that's going to care? Go plant one on him right now. Yeah, go In make my the opinion. fireworks go off. <laughs> I think there it could happen, right? How about this? Guys, by the time you're 50, you should have the medical history that runs in your family. This will enable you to take care of you. Know your family history. Absolutely. Right? Especially for us ladies, right? We need mm-hmm. to know this. Um, how about this? The ability to live on your own and not need to be dependent on anyone. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, we, the self-sustainability Absolutely. when needed, right? Because, uh, you know, sometimes the unforeseen happens. The unpredictable happens. Well, guys, those are some great things. Have you done these things? You need to. It's not too late. No, it's not. Right? I got to get start working on this. <laughs> yeah, definitely the Spanx, right? <laughs> 
Hey guys, our southern narrative is coming right up. We'll be right back. Get away from me. Southern Sisters Radio Show. Now, with your Southern narrative, sharing stories from around the South, here is your host, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Memories of a Southern Home by Dominique Browning. From the Southerner's Handbook, A Guide to Living the Good Life. If you had asked me when I was a very little girl what my father did, I would have told you he was a shooter. He shot guns. As far as I was then concerned, that was by far the most impressive thing about him. When I was a bit older, I understood that he was a doctor. A few years later, it occurred to me to wonder why a person whose livelihood was putting things right would want to blast things apart. Not a terribly original thought in the 70s, as everyone my age was protesting guns and wars and wearing headbands across their foreheads. Anyway, my father's guns have a great deal to do with my idea of Southern homes. As the first thing I heard about his Kentucky childhood was that he could lean out his window and shoot squirrels. As I said, this was impressive stuff. I was growing up in Connecticut, but it might as well have been Mars. My mother had grown up in Casablanca, Morocco, and was making sure we had a proper French upbringing. We certainly weren't allowed to play with guns. Home for my father was a small town in western Kentucky called Hopkinsville. It took only one visit for me to fall in love with my grandparents' house. I learned to fish and saw my first cow in Kentucky. I used to pine for the house after we left, count the months until our return, and roam through the rooms in my daydreams. It was the house I longed to run away to whenever I got mad at my mother, my sisters, my piano teachers, my life. I wish I'd had the courage to go. Still, my father's Kentucky home long ago came to represent everything I love and believe in about Southern homes, and I've spent countless days and nights in homes in New Orleans and Texas. I should say my father's Kentucky homes, plural, His parents had a small farmhouse on the outskirts of town, as well as the house in town. But the two have blended together in my recollection. It doesn't matter. They shared characteristics I've come to think of as classically Southern. They welcomed the outdoors. Tree branches brushed windows, those poor squirrels. The windows and doors were always screened and open on the chance of catching a breeze. And the halls were designed to let air flow through. The architectural solutions for what we would now, in our climate-controlled days, call a green life had already been developed. The openness of the house in town also had to do with the people constantly going in and out. Friends, relatives, neighbors. There seemed to be a busy social quality to life in that house. Everyone was sugar or darling or honey or, my favorite, dear heart. There was always someone rocking on a deep porch, and wide hallways gave on to staircases that led to upper floors. That, too, was alien to me and mysterious. We had always lived in one-story apartments and houses. The house was old and held a family's history in its rooms, which also, to my young mind, seemed key to southern homes. 
Northern homes were new and you had to invent a story for them. The house neatly divided into rooms that were for work, cooking, sewing, and rooms in which one had to maintain proper decorum and sit primly, with hands folded on horsehair sofas. I was allowed to take my books into the parlor and felt quite privileged about it. One day, when I was about five, I offered to read a story to my cousin, who was ten years older. She sat and listened quietly while I chatted and turned pages, and it wasn't until thirty years later that she confessed she hadn't been able to understand a word I was saying most of the time, as I had made up some language that mixed French and English with a northern accent to make things worse. How gentle and polite she had been, how courteous everyone was. The air of sweet graciousness that imbued every room in that house was something else that I came to associate with a southern home. A quality of warm, reliable hospitality and pleasant manners. None of my feeling for what makes a southern house has as much to do with architectural expressions or curtains or rugs or furniture. None of which I can remember except for a certain darkness of wood. It's a spirit I recall so tenderly. A permeating system of values. Food played an enormous role in our visits to Kentucky. I especially remember formal Sunday dinners at lunchtime, for which everyone gathered around a large table. This, of course, meant that the house always smelled wonderful, for there was always something in the oven, usually something sweet. We said grace before meals and said prayers before bed. It was assumed that these rituals had become ours in our Connecticut home, which they hadn't. My mother complained during our visits about never understanding a word anyone was saying. The southern accent was too much for her, and the same went for the southern food. It was all, the people and the food, too sweet. I have a photograph from the mid-50s of her at a Kentucky picnic, standing in front of her pale, blonde, ample, lantern-jawed mother-in-law. My mother is wearing a sophisticated, fitted, strapless dress that flares out at the waist. Her waist is so tiny my father can fit his hands around it. She is in high heels and wearing lipstick, as always, and with her dark, wavy hair and large green eyes and olive skin, she looks like Sophia Loren come to the hoedown. When the heat was unbearable, my sister and I were allowed to share a bed on the sleeping porch, an enchanting space that should definitely come back in style. But the bed was so large and so tall, we needed help getting onto it. One night, I fell out and, frightened in the dark, wandered into the house, walking right through a large pan of chocolate cake that had been left to cool on the porch. There was a great fuss, I recall, with concern for my happiness and much laughter about the cake squished between my toes. What a nice place, I remember thinking then. The next morning, my grandmother had me lie down on a brown paper bag that had been cut open so that she could make a pattern of my body for a new dress. The house had a sewing room, which had the serene beauty of the purposeful. A gold light filtered past thin white curtains in the afternoon. My grandmother's head was bent quietly over her work, and I pawed through boxes of scraps to pick favorite prints for a quilt. Something was always being made. Everything was used. Nothing was wasted. When my oldest son was born, my parents came down to Texas to see us in the hospital. My father arrived beaming with pride, joy, and a great deal of excitement about the birth gift he had somehow managed to get past the security guards. But this being Texas, perhaps it hadn't been so hard. 
he presented his first grandson, who was a bit distracted at that moment, with a beautiful little gun, a 20-gauge over-and-under Winchester, its receiver engraved with a delicate pattern. These days, my sons and all their cousins like nothing better than to hang out at Poppy's house, shooting at tin cans bobbing on the pond out back. The gun stays there. For the few hours during those visits, we're all back at the house of my dreams in Kentucky, basking in the grace of love handed down through generations. Silver with a proper shine. Since the first British settlers brought their silver teapots to the New World, the malleable metal has held a vaunted place on the southern table. But though it might be called the good silver, these days it's usually punished by being squirreled away to tarnish in obscurity. That is, until a dinner party rolls around and you're faced with a bunch of ugly black place settings the night before, or the hour before, the guest arrives, throwing you into a polishing frenzy. Charleston, South Carolina-based master silversmith Alfred L. Crabtree, Jr., who has worked with priceless silver everywhere from the High Museum of Art in Atlanta to the Metropolitan Museum of Art in Atlanta, admits that keeping up with your silver in the southern climate, especially in coastal regions, can be a challenge. Even so, resist the urge to employ shortcuts like harmful chemical dips or even all-natural methods like a tinfoil trick in which silver is bathed in a combination of baking soda, salt, and hot water in a foil-lined sink, which can be particularly damaging to silver-plated pieces. Instead, a little care up front can save you a big hassle later. To state the obvious, don't wait until your silver turns black. Catch it early. As soon as it turns a slight golden color, it's time to polish, Crabtree says. At this stage, you will be able to wipe it off easily, Just run under warm water and dry with a soft cloth. You can use a bit of dish soap if necessary. But in the event that you do let your silver go black, it happens to be the best of us, opt for a good quality silver polish such as Haggerty and get ready to put in some elbow grease. Now proper storage will lengthen the time between polishes, so invest in a few felt silversmith bags, which typically you can get at jewelry stores. This prevents chemicals in the air from reaching the surface of the pieces. But the surest way to keep your silver shiny is also the easiest. Use it. Silver doesn't promote the growth of bacteria, which is one reason it was valued as tableware in the first place. So it's a simple matter of rinsing with warm water after each meal, Crabtree says. For goodness sakes, just don't put it in the dishwasher. Well, folks, that's just about to wrap it up for the Southern Sisters radio program this week. We are always thrilled that you join us every week, right? Yes, always fun. Saturdays. We're on Saturdays on AM 920, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We're on uh, Saturdays on AM 590 as well. Yes, we are. And for those of you on Sunday morning that feel like tuning in, getting a little Southern culture into Mm -hmm. your life on your way to church or home from church, uh, you can find us on AM 590 as well. Yes, you can on Sundays. Great stations we are. You know what, guys? Have you been to our website? You should go. My heavens. We put the best recipes on this website and our amazing Southern products. Look, guys, we have got gorgeous throw pillows, beautiful table linens, and if you're in within the sound of my voice, then you're going to get the special code. 
Uh You you go into the website and use promo code SISTERS, Sisters. you get 30% off your purchase. That's awesome. Yeah. How about a cookbook that includes the cookbooks? Hey, there you go. Both of my books are on the site, guys. Sunday in the South and Seasons in the South, Mm. full of gorgeous Southern photographs. We are always happy that you're here. You know, it's a new year. New beginnings. Here we come. Go out and make it a great year. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for joining us here at Southern Sisters Radio. If you have questions for Jenny, want more information about something you heard on today's show, or want to enter any of the Southern Sisters contests, visit southernsistershome.com. And remember to connect with Jenny on Facebook at Southern Sisters Home with Jenny McCormick Earhart.